Listener Production. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. And today, I'm here with Cosmos Magazine journalist Ellen Fidian. Ellen, hello. Hello. (laughs) And Ellen, there have been some huge, huge science stories this year. And in the last episode, Evram and I talked about some of the biggest science stories for 2022. Today, I want to do something a little bit different. It's a similar approach, but instead we're looking at the most clicked on stories for Cosmos magazine this year. So the ones that pulled the biggest numbers and audience. Before we start, Ellen, what do you think makes a clickable story? I mean, at bigger media organisations, this is people's whole jobs, right? (laughs) It's true. We in the office, we call our stories that get lots of hits lightning strikes because there are things that like are more likely to go viral and get lots of hits, but you can't really predict it. Like ultimately there's just an element of randomness to it. So space stories tend to do very, very well. People like looking at the sky. Stories about ancient humans tend to do really well. People are obsessed with their own history, I think. Truth. But I couldn't tell you why one space story got two million hits and why one only got 200. Like, it can be very random. Mm, People are very discerning about their space content, apparently. (laughs) Obviously, all of the articles we publish on Cosmos are brilliant. Spectacular. But there's also, there's that element of luck. There's, you know, the minute you post the article, there's who shares it on social media Mm -hmm. at a critical juncture. There's a lot that's really, really difficult to control in terms of what gets lots and lots of page views. Okay, so Ellen, we're going to do a countdown from five to one. So what is the fifth most clicked on story for Cosmos magazine this year? Tell us. So this is a fairly serious story to kick us off, but it is quite an important one. It was a study that looked at non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs, which commonly get prescribed for a condition called osteoarthritis, which is a very, very common form of arthritis. The researchers actually found when they looked at several hundred people who were being prescribed these drugs, they didn't actually improve their arthritis at all. And they may indeed be linked to worse outcomes for the patients, more inflammation. Oh, dear. Yeah. Which is exactly the opposite. Literally the opposite of what we're aiming for here. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so it's a surprising result. I think that's one of the reasons so many people were looking at it. It's a relatively common condition. Most people would know someone with osteoarthritis. Sure. And it's kind of difficult to tell based on this data what we should be prescribing people. They think it's possible that these NSAIDs might just mask the pain, which means that people who are using them are then more active, which can possibly worsen the arthritis. Right, okay. Okay. Or there could be something else going on. There could be some biochemical effect of these drugs that's worsening the condition as well. But it's something that definitely needs a lot more investigation. Okay, Ellen. Well, that is a pretty horrifying thought and a depressing way to start this very fun episode. So maybe let's shift gears a little bit. Please. um, And look at something more fun and more fluffy for that matter. Ellen, number four, I think it might be a story about dogs. And that makes me very excited. Yes. So it's a story that we ran in May about which dog breeds live the longest. Oh, I mean, that's cute, but also sad because it means some of them don't live as long and you might own that dog. 
That's true, but there's a follow-up. It's also whether there's any specific dog breeds are the best behaved because there are obviously biases about, well, this breed of dog is more aggressive than this breed. True. And there was a study that investigated that as well. These researchers, they looked at data of over 30,000 dog deaths from veterinary practices around the world over a four-year period. And they used that to calculate the life expectancy of 18 different dog breeds. Jack Russell Terriers had the highest life expectancy, no. 12.7 years. I hate Jack Russells. Ellen, just every Jack Russell I've met has been a yappy little jerk. That's, oh, that makes me sad. Sorry. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dispute you on that, right? Because they also... No, please do. Another group of researchers looked at the genetics of all of these dogs and they looked at genes that they knew correlated to certain behavioral traits to see if there was any crossover between that and the breeds. And they didn't yeah. find a link. So oh. they think the idea that a certain breed of dog is more aggressive or more difficult probably isn't actually the case. Well, there's not a genetic component to it anyway. There are genetic components for dog behavior, but they're not really very well linked to breed. Interesting. So maybe every Jack Russell I've ever met has just been <laughs> raised very poorly. Yeah. Well, maybe it's your attitude. You see a Jack Russell and you kind of like seize up and... Yeah, okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe I see them and I'm being biased with all the previous dogs that I've met and maybe like I get a bit tense or something, but I don't know. They're just... They can sense it. You know, dogs are smart. They know. They are. Yeah, they are. Okay. What's next? So the shortest of all of dog life expectancies was the French bulldog. So that's only four and a half years for those poor puppies. Guys, don't buy French bulldogs unless you want tragedy in approximately four and a half years. My gosh. You're in a very maudlin mood today, Sophie. I know. And so number three, let's move on. I somehow made the fluffy dog story a bit morbid and I apologize, but apparently that's just in me. That's what I do. (laughs) So this is a story that's got a few mentions on the podcast already. We're into this story, but nonetheless, it has made it into the top five most clicked. What is this story, Ellen? It is the very first image we saw from the James Webb Space Telescope. Mm -hmm. So not the properly colorized ones that the US president announced, but before that, the calibration image that the James Webb Space Telescope released. That was one of the stories that got the most page views on Cosmos. For those of us who are just tuning into this one, the James Webb Space Telescope is $10 billion, 20 years of work. It was first scheduled to launch when I was in primary school. It's been such a long time, this thing in the works. I don't think I knew that. (laughs) But once it finally got up into the sky, the level of precision that came out of the telescope was just so, so exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, And that very first calibration picture, it was a fairly dull star. They didn't pick anything particularly special to calibrate it with, but it was just so exciting to see that level of detail. Mm -hmm. Um, So astronomers and space enthusiasts really just lost their biscuits about it. They really did. And we're into (laughs) it. We like it when people lose their biscuits about science. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So we're moving on to number two now, Ellen. This one is a little bit whack. Where do we even start to explain what was discovered here? Help me. So it's an interesting one because it was about a review paper. So they didn't officially discover anything new, but a group of researchers came out and found that a large number of ancient Maya cities, so Mesoamerican um, ancient civilization, had really dangerously high levels of mercury pollution. The researcher actually told me that um, if some of these cities were like a playground or an industrial site, they'd be shut down by whatever the local EPA was. Wow. 
Okay, that's a real problem. Yeah, yeah. And particularly because these sites are over a thousand years old. So mm. something's clearly been hanging around there for a very long time. And there's very, very little natural mercury in the Maya region, which means that the Maya were bringing the mercury in. That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. I hope they weren't just touching it with their bare hands. <laughs> well, they might have been. Um, they know at some sites there were vials of liquid mercury in burials. They also, the Maya were very, very fond of this compound called cinnabar, which was like a red pigment um, mm. that was full of mercury as well. But I think this is one of those interestingly surprising ones. Like I said, people love to read about archaeology. They love to read about ancient humans. So finding something like this, and the researcher actually said to me, it's really bizarre to think that stuff that the Maya were doing has persisted in such levels to this day. Okay, Ellen, we've made it to the number one spot. Are you excited? I am so excited, Ellen. I cannot even express how excited I am. I can't wait. Please <laughs> tell us now what is number one? What is the most clicked on story for Cosmos in 2022? It's a story about SpaceX, which is uh, perhaps not surprising. Right. As the CEO of SpaceX has been making a lot of news this year. Yeah, he likes to be in the press, doesn't he? Certainly does. So it's about a satellite launched by the Falcon 9 rocket earlier this year in September. It's called Blue Walker 3, and it's basically sort of the precursor to this satellite mobile broadband network that's being planned by this American company called AST Space Mobile. So is that so you can use broadband in space or the broadband comes from space? The broadband comes from space, Okay, which sounds pretty cool. It's interesting tech. The problem that astronomers are very concerned about is the size of the satellite. So it's actually visible with the naked eye. From Earth? Yeah, from Earth. Just <laughs> okay, from that's ground. huge. It's massive. It's really, really big. And it's only the first of many. The plan is to have a network of these satellites in the sky. Aren't we already a little bit concerned about the amount of space junk we keep putting up? Some of us are extremely concerned about the amount of space junk we're putting up because there is there is a future where there's just so much stuff in low Earth orbit that you can't really get further than that because you'll get hit by space junk. But sort of in the more immediate term than that, astronomers who are using ground-based telescopes have a bit of a problem with the size of this satellite because it's interfering with all of their observations. It's going to oh. make a lot of different types of telescope imaging harder and harder and harder to do if there are more of these massive satellites in the sky. Well, there you go. Those are the most clicked stories for Cosmos for 2022. But from my understanding, there was another story, an honourable mention that got kicked off the list. But because we're here anyway, and we're having a great time, Ellen, I would like to bring it up anyway. <laughs> what is it? I'm so glad you brought this story up. This is a story I actually wrote. I think, well, we can't call it news because it's not a news story. It was one I did for <laughs> April Fool's uh -oh. as a joke. Uh, it was about archaeology and mm -hmm. the headline was Archaeologists Declare Consensus. Um, the joke <laughs> being that even among academics, archaeologists have a reputation for squabbling with each other mm -hmm. and disagreeing all the time. And I thought it would be kind of amusing to write a story where they've all just agreed on everything. They think they've got a consistent understanding of the past and they're not going to argue anymore. Perfect. Did people buy this? Did people know it was an April Fool's joke? This is the reason that I think it's worth bringing this up, actually. It was for a long time one of the most read stories on our website. I don't think it was number one at any point, but mm -hmm. it was very, very high up there. 
And we tried very hard to make it obvious it was a joke because we didn't want to perpetuate any more misinformation. That's not helpful. So I had a link to the agreement, for instance, and the link was just a rickroll. Um, all of the acronyms <laughs> spelled out joke. All of the all of the names were very obviously jokes. So I'm pretty sure anyone reading it like faintly critically would have figured it out. But there were still people who took it seriously. And I oh, think no. compounding that, Google News picked it up and started featuring it a couple of <gasps> days after April Fool's Day. Um, so clearly that algorithm somewhere went a bit wonky. And Ellen. I think, you know, if it's being viewed as news, that's a bit of an issue. Once Google News was picking it up, I said to the editor, do we want to like make it <laughs> clear? Do we want to put a note up the top that this is an April Fool's joke? And she said, no, we're not cowards. So oh my <laughs> gosh, I love this. All right. Well, that is amazing. And there you go. Those are Cosmos's best performing stories for 2022. Ellen, thank you so much. Thank you, Sophie. And so Ellen Fidian, for those of you who don't know, is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. Don't forget you can read more of Ellen's stories and reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. The Science Briefing, as always, is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe with mixing by Dave Stein. And I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. I'll catch you next time. <laughs>